Hayden Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies that are about something other than a man. Hayden Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. Today on Hayden Puke, it's the Series 5 finale, and we're doing a double feature that we've talked about since at least Season 2, if not the very beginning. Amy Heckerling's 1982 directorial debut, and Annie Malone's favorite movie of all time, Fast Times at Richmond High, written by Cameron Crowe, based on his book, and starring Jennifer Jason Leigh, Phoebe Cates, and a veritable who's who of 80s actors who became so fucking famous. (laughs) And for our second feature, what some have called the spiritual sequel to Fast Times, 2001's The Anniversary Party. Written and directed by Jennifer Jason Leigh and Ellen Cumming, and starring those two, plus Phoebe Cates, Jane Addams, Parker Posey, Jennifer Beals, Gwyneth Paltrow, and a veritable who's who of 90s actors who already were so fucking famous. <laughs> These films are both technically ensembles, but they have enough women's stories in them that we're, we're calling it good here. I thought we should start with Fast Times, going chronological. Is everyone cool with that? Yeah, that sounds good. Universal Pictures presents everything you always wanted to do in high school with everyone you always wanted to do it with. Hey, bud. Let's party. They're the students of Ridgemont High. (laughs) Brad Hamilton, the fast food king. I shall serve no fries before their time. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. Charles Jefferson. A man with a mission. Oh, gnarly! Linda Barrett, not exactly the girl next door. Awesome! Totally awesome! And Jeff surfs up Spicoli. People on moods should not drive. That was my skull! I'm so wasted! See Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Well, would you like to start? I would like to start. <laughs> the reason I like this movie is because it's my favorite movie of all time. For real, this is my favorite movie of all time. Like, I could watch this movie, and if in the last scene somebody walked in and they're like, oh, I want to watch that, I would watch it again. I'm always up for watching Fast Times. If I had two hours to live, that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, okay, let's watch Fast Times. <laughs> Although it's a tight 90, which is good. You know. Yeah, so you have 30 minutes for other right. stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, there's nothing I don't love about this movie. Like, I love Stacy and Linda's friendship, and I really, really love Judge Reinhold. I think he is just such perfect casting. You know, I was like the big man on campus high school guy. I have never liked Sean Penn again. He is perfect in this movie. Like, I wish he didn't take himself so seriously. He probably hates that he's Spicoli, you know, even though he's like 
just perfect. Someone else should probably talk because I'm just no, it's okay. I'm about it. <laughs> I don't want to step on your toes. Um, I think it's like so funny and just so good. The cast is insane. It gets serious, but not melodramatic, you know, like it's kind of chill. There's really nothing I don't like about this movie. This movie is perfect to me. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but I feel like I saw it a lot at some point in my life. Like it was on TV a lot or something, or at least seen parts of it a lot. Definitely the pool scene. Hi, Brad. You know how cute I always thought you were. I've definitely seen like the scalping. Come on, Arnold. All the other scalpers are sold out. Scalper? Did you call me a scalper? Listen, gentlemen, I perform a service here, and the service costs money. Now, do you want the tickets or don't you? Like all the yeah. scenes at the mall, basically, are super. Did you just super call him a scalper? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is. Oh my God, well, the tickets were twelve dollars. I know, and people were complaining about it. They're right. like, "That's a lot. That's pretty stupid." Yeah. <laughs> I remember those scenes. Anytime they're talking about like early Sean Penn, there's just him and Mr. Hand in yeah. the classroom. Why are you continuously late for this class, Mr. Spicoli? Why do you shamelessly waste my time like this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's nice. Mr. Hand, will I pass this class? Gee, Mr. Spicoli, I don't know. I'm going to leave your words on this board for all my classes to enjoy. Giving you full credit, of course, Mr. Spicoli. All right. Obviously, Spicoli's like a blueprint for Bill and Ted, because he's just so Bill and Ted. And then I totally forgot about where Mr. Hand does go and teach him history <laughs> in his house. Well, what Jefferson was saying was, hey, you know, we left this England place because it was bogus. So if we don't get some cool rules ourselves, pronto, we'll just be bogus too. That whole exchange is so Bill and Ted. A most bodacious soldier and general, Miss Abart totally roused the English from France. And then she turned this dude, Dauphin, into a king. And all this by the time she was 17. Yeah, Whoever wrote Bill and Ted was like, this is a whole movie right here. And then they did that, which I love. I think Bill and Ted is pretty underrated. Maybe not, maybe properly rated, because, yeah. Because people like that. People like it, yeah. Yeah. And it's an accurate assessment. Anyways, things I love about this movie. (laughs) Definitely a banging soundtrack. Yeah. From start to finish. Bangers. I love the friendship as well. Linda, see that one? Okay, I should be able to remember that. (laughs) All right! Linda and Stacy... I was. Get- <laughs> I saw the credits where they credited her mom as Stacy's mom, and I was like, "Oh, like that Fonz of Wayne song." Oh my god, <laughs> Stacy's mom's got it going on. Stacy's mom has got it going on. She's all I want, and I've waited for so long. Stacy, can't you see? You're just not the girl for me. I know it might be wrong, but I'm in love with Stacy's mom. I couldn't find definitively if. That song was written about Stacy's mom from Fast Times, <laughs> but they did apparently do a parody of the pool scene in the video for Stacy's mom. Nice. So they're at least aware of the connection <laughs> if it wasn't intentional from the get-go. I just thought that was fun. I'm a Fountains of Wayne fan. <laughs> wow, um, I'm just like... 
Mind blown. <laughs> I did not connect the dots with that. Like the Fountains of Wayne. That's awesome. Well, the only thing that made me think of it was that we were reading the credits afterwards. I, I watched this with Danny Malone and then I saw the credits. I was like, Stacy's mom. Oh, like the song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I do have some hot props though. Shut up. Hot props is on. Oh shit, yeah. Do you have any at all? Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering. I guess when Spicoli says those guys are fags, that's problematic. I mean, you're not supposed to really look up to Spicoli, but you know. Yeah, but a lot, I mean, that was very common verb, verb, okay. verbiage, verbiage, verbiage right. in the time. It's not great, but that's the main thing that keeps almost any movie from that era from being like perfect, flawless, is that yeah. there's always the wrong F-bomb thrown in there somewhere. Right, yeah. And how her dog was named a gypsy, not great either. <laughs> that was one of the things I Right as a hot brown. That word is still having a hard time getting removed from our yeah, lexicon. Yeah. People are not getting that one. I wrote, Oh my god, Brad, stop littering. <laughs> I got very upset at that. Just checking him out. And then I also wrote about those like feather hair pieces are not great. I don't love those either. Oh, yeah, she had sort of like a woven feathery dream catcher thing in her hair. Seems sort of yeah. not, yeah, both of them were wearing them at different, there were different ones even. Right, like yeah. at one point Linda's wearing one and then later Stacey's wearing one. I remember seeing this as a kid and it was still the 80s when I saw it, but it was like 1981 or two. And I remember thinking that looked like a really long time ago. Compared to like 87, 88, things looked so different to me. And it seemed like, it almost looked like the 70s, but I mean, I guess that's true with every decade. It was pretty, that is kind of what it is like they say that decades don't really start until the middle of the game yeah. <laughs> it's really like 85 to 95 is the 80s right, yeah. <laughs> not even that exactly i don't know there's definitely a lot of schools of thought around what the decades actually are but they're never zero to ten right, exactly. <laughs> there's that purple dress that stacy's wearing at one point that is just so unflattering on her that it's got to be the dress because there's no way that jennifer jason lee is the problem there you know i get upset when bad clothes are put on attractive actors i don't know it just bothers me i'm like why there were no other clothes she could be wearing unless it's supposed to be a reflection of her that, like, Linda's the put-together one, and she's kind of trying to figure it out. But I feel like mostly she's I, pretty fashionable. Yeah, I think her thing is supposed to be, like, she's trying to play grown-up. That's, like, her character's thing. So that might be her idea of, like, what a grown-up lady wears on a date. A frumpy dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bunched up in all the wrong places. Yeah. It's so You're weird. Gathered there, like... <laughs> And then I guess another one I had was, remember your high school field trip to the morgue? <laughs> oh, yeah. This gentleman here is named Arthur. Arthur was good enough to die last week of heart failure, and we are fortunate enough today to view his body in its pristine state. That is not something that would probably happen today. Like, yeah, that would be traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I, that's perplexing. I don't know. I mean, that was in the book. I mean, it's definitely, you know, so the book that it's based on is kind of what Almost Famous is also based on. It's like mm-hmm. where, like, Cameron Crowe looked really young when he was working at Rolling Stone. And so he spent a year out of high school as if he was a student. But it's definitely, like, questionable whether everything that's in his book really went on. But mm-hmm. I never heard of someone going to a more <laughs> high school field trip. But. 
It's yeah, just, Mr. Vargas yeah. is very yeah. into it. Like, <laughs> luckily this guy died and we can see his... I, I think he's good enough to die. <laughs> right, exactly. It just doesn't even seem like something that they Morg would allow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. That he's not just an observer. <laughs> he's really getting his hands in there. Yeah, yeah right? It is funny how his first line in the movie is have a heart. I mean, that's the end of his first mm-hmm. line in the movie. <laughs> like it pays off at the end. Yes. And here is the human heart, which you can see is actually located in the center of your chest. Oh, gnarly! Do you have any hot probs? <laughs> um, well, I saw this movie when I was like seven years old. Oh, girl. <laughs> I I would see a lot of movies like this was a movie I should not have watched as a child. I remember feeling like I just didn't understand things that were happening. She's going on a date and then like the guy takes her to like a empty baseball dugout. Then he like undresses her and like just I was just like, is this sex? So am I going to get to first base? Are you really 19? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm really 19. It's so cringy to watch, so you know? Watch and a lot of movies in the 80s, the gaze is about the male's enjoyment. I've thought about this before, like a lot of movies that I saw like way too young. What kind of message was I getting about what sex was? But I thought it was really, I love like Spicoli. Like I thought that like his ongoing rivalry with Mr. Hand <laughs> was so hilarious. It really captured being a teenager and like you're interested in sex and you're convinced everyone else is having a lot of sex mm-hmm. when nobody's having that much I right. don't know it's just like or if they're having sex like, it's terrible it's sex yeah, <laughs> yeah right. that's the thing yeah like the sex is bad yeah. for her in every sex scene that she has in the movie. I mean, real talk, did anyone have good sex in high school here? Like, I definitely did not. I I mean, retrospect. No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't have sex in high school. I didn't date anybody or anything Yeah, I was a bloomer, so. But if I had, I'm sure it wouldn't have been good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still, like, enjoyed it, but later on in life, I was like, oh, (laughs) there's a lot more to this than I thought. I then love to see when Stacy's kind of on to Linda when they're cutting the salons. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. Linda, how long does Doug take? Doug takes forever. Oh, come on. He takes um twenty to thirty minutes. I thought you said he took thirty to forty minutes. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I meant thirty to forty minutes. Why? How long did Demone take? Demone took um fifteen to twenty minutes. It's not bad. It's not bad for a high school boy. Yeah, that was funny. I love that they're cutting a sausage, yeah. <laughs> too. Vigorously sawing okay. through that sausage while they're having that conversation. Yeah. I enjoyed that visual very much. The stereo salesman sends her a bouquet of roses, and she doesn't want her parents to see it, but I also kind of thought maybe she just doesn't want to remember that at all or something. I don't know. What did... What did you guys think? I don't know. I mean, it always surprises me the next day when she's like, do you like Ron? And she's like, yeah, I like Ron. Why do you like Ron? (laughs) But I mean, I think she's just infatuated just with the whole idea. I think that's her whole character is just like being infatuated with growing up fast and dating an adult man. And I don't think that she regrets it. I think she just sort of thinks like this is how it is, you know, and Linda's like, oh, don't worry, like it gets better. 
Yeah. What is up with Ron taking her to the point? The point right. If he's a 25 year old man, shouldn't he have his own apartment? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a great question. Why doesn't he have his own place? Unless yeah. everyone is just lying right. constantly. Right. <laughs> and he actually lives in his mom's basement or something. Or has a roommate or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that scene is hard. Uh, what you were talking about, the male gaze, I do appreciate the way that scene is filmed where it's what she's seeing, his face yeah. leering over her and like the graffiti on the ceiling. Yeah, I yeah. really, really like that, like how they show her kind of looking around, like that's a really yeah. relatable moment. Right, yeah. <laughs> Like, is that all there is to sex? Yeah. Yeah. This is it. This is what I've been dreaming about this whole time. (laughs) Yeah. It does get better. So what do we think about Linda? Like, how much of what she's saying is true? Because she does seem genuinely sad when she gets that letter. Mm -hmm. So there is a boyfriend, probably, right? But then she's just exaggerating things about him. Yeah. That's what I think. Her persona is like very similar to in anniversary party too. Mm-hmm. Like she's a high school student, but she's so much more mature than any. Like she feels like you don't want to deal with these high school boys or like she's just got uh, it all figured out. Like yeah, the, or she's purporting that she does anyway. Yeah, yeah. She seems like she has it all figured out. I don't know. I love the scene where she's like reading her goodbye Doug letter, and she's like. This is not the way mature people act. Dear Doug, I received your message that you weren't coming to my graduation. Doug, this is not the kind of thing that occurs between adults. Maybe you found someone new, someone more mature. But if you ask me, Doug, you're the one being childish. Anyhow, if you think that I'm gonna sit around and wait for you, you forget it. Seriously, listen. What do you think? I have another version where I call him an asshole. No, that one's better. It's it's more... Mature? Yeah. I mean, I don't have to sing to his level. Yeah. I can go out with anyone I want, practically. That's right. Yeah. Thanks for cheering me up. I love that scene too because Stacy barely says anything and then she's like, thanks for cheering me up. <laughs> <laughs> she is pretty over it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. The one other hot problem I had was why was there a plate of cookies <laughs> on the counter at the mini mart? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it just so it could be knocked off later Maybe. like there's other things you could knock over <laughs> especially in these times seeing just an open plate of cookies like that on the counter in a gas station <laughs> convenience store yeah yeah i don't remember <laughs> a time when that was a thing that who knows yeah we did yeah. joke while we were watching it it was like leave a cookie take a cookie yeah. <laughs> which oh is disgusting but maybe that's what was going on i don't maybe. know maybe brad made them <laughs> maybe <laughs> He just seems like he likes to overachieve at work. <laughs> Any other hot probs? No. I don't have a lot. They were all just kind of little ones. I mean, it's just hard for a movie that was made so long ago to really be absolutely perfect in right. the harsh, <laughs> harsh light of today. But you've had something to say about this. When, what's his name? The dorky movie Ratner? usher guy. Ratner. Yeah, Ratner. Was playing the wrong Led Zeppelin album. <laughs> five. Now this is most important, Ratner comes down to making out whenever possible put on side one of Led Zeppelin 4 this is a nice car yeah 
Among the Fast Times fandom, that's hotly debated. Like, is that, is that just supposed to show how inept he is that he is doing it wrong, or is that a mistake of the filmmakers? Because I watched it with the commentary. The commentary is Amy Heckerling and Cameron Crowe, and I think they acknowledged that in the commentary. It was kind of neither. They couldn't get the rights to the right song, so they played that one, and it's like, see, he. And then it worked, yeah, so, and then yeah. like retconned it basically into kind the of, yeah, script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that just seemed like a mistake that both Cameron Crowe and Amy Heckerling, it would pain them to like have to do yeah. it that way and not have a reason for it, you know? They're both such music fans, rock and roll fans. My husband's a huge Led Zeppelin fan, so he was like, that's <laughs> the wrong <laughs> album! <laughs> not even on that album. <laughs> oh, wow. But also, it's like, not like they were going to make out on the way to the restaurant, you know? I mean, that seems... He was like just like warming like, her up with Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's so funny when they're in that restaurant and they both look like <laughs> tiny, tiny children yeah. in these huge chairs. Have you decided? Um, yeah, I'll have the uh, knockers. Excellent. Oh, that scene is squirmy. <laughs> You're right. The theme throughout the movie is teenagers playing grown-ups. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting there's no parents in the movie. Usually in a high school movie, like... Except for Stacy's mom. Right. But she's there. <laughs> yes, I mean, she's, she's just there for one second. She's just yeah. a voice. They don't yeah. even show her. So yeah. Oh, you never see her? I thought you saw her for one second. No. All right. You would know. <laughs> Next call. I thought of Ryan from X-Rated, too, because he has a new thing where they did a season on X-Rated of Christmas movies, non-traditional Christmas movies, basically movies that just take place at Christmas. And ever since then, Ryan's like, I've just noticed it's Christmas in every movie. And he's, he has a theory that somehow we entered like a multiverse where every movie is a Christmas movie. And I did notice that it's Christmas in this movie. Christmas sucks. I hate it. Uh, you gotta get used to working holidays. People are always screaming and yelling. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, the movie, it's a whole school year. Yeah. So there is a Christmas part. I just think it would count by Ryan's metric as a <laughs> okay, Christmas movie. Sure. But also, Christmas in California is just so weird. Logan and I watched this movie on Christmas Day last year. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. That cements it as a Christmas movie. Yeah. I also really liked how the mall is a central part of people's lives you know and the way oh, yeah. it so was let's go to the mall and it was like an event you walk around the stores and go to the arcade it's like the only thing to have, do yeah <laughs> you see people and run into people and mark ratner he's like i wish i was on the other side of the mall <laughs> there's so much action over yeah. there what's the matter you look depressed i hate working the theater all the action's on the other side of the mall the hottest like, story town yeah exactly <laughs> All the action's on the other side. Yeah. I just love that. The food court was definitely hopping in that mall. I really like that in 8th grade, how... The movie 8th grade. (laughs) How the mall was still a big part of teenage lives. It still is. I mean, or at least it was as of... Nothing is right now. Nothing is right now, but yeah. Because there really isn't anything to do. I mean, I went to the movies constantly as a teenager because that was one of the only things to do. I go to the movies, I went to the Waffle House, I went to the mall. (laughs) That was my social life. Yeah, I would do that too. Like, we would get dropped off. Like, our friend's mom would drop us off, and we'd go and, like, meet boys at the mall and, like, get a slice of pizza and maybe see a movie and play arcade games. And we didn't Julius. have an arcade at our mall. Oh, we had Aladdin's Castle. Was what it was Ooh. <laughs> we did have a cigarette machine in the restaurant by the door, though. There would always be, like, a group of teenagers looking out while one teenager bought some cigarettes from the cigarette machine. <laughs> I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Moby Dick, if you know what I mean.
I have a lot. I'm sure you have a lot. It's just like favorite parts. I really love him. Brad is that he's like, I'm a single successful guy. He's like flipping burgers. (laughs) Well, me and Lisa have been going together for two years. I love her and all. I mean, she's great in bed. Just that I'm a single successful guy. And, uh... This is my last year in school. I mean, this could be the best year of my life. I really love that. Judge Reinhold is adorable in this movie. Perfect in this movie, yeah. (laughs) I love how in the beginning, like, he thinks this is going to be his year, you know, it's like senior year. It's been like 2020 really (laughs) for me. It ends on such a high. Like, I love it for him every time when he thwarts the robbery and (laughs) Nicole yells, awesome! I just love how happy he is. I love that for him so much. Also, basically, like everything Spicoli says. Mr. Han, do you have a guy like me in class every year? You know, a guy who you make an example of? You'll find out next year. No way. As soon as I cruise history, I'm not coming near your side of the building. Cruise history? As soon as I pass your class. If you pass. Well, you're gonna flunk me? Don't worry, Spicoli. You'll probably squeak by. Yeah! <laughs> Aloha, Mr. Han. It always bothers me that he doesn't even get a slice of his pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Certainly there's nothing wrong with a little feast on our time. You're absolutely right, Mr. Spicoli. It is our time. Yours, mine, and everyone else's in this room. Mr. Spicoli has been kind enough to bring us a snack. Be my guest. Help yourselves. Get a good one. Yeah, that is really tragic. Some of my favorite Spicoli parts are when in the car wreck, and he's like, my dad's a TV repairman. Relax. All right? My old man is a television repairman. He's got this ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can fix it. And he says, people on lewds should not drive. <laughs> All of that scene, I think everything he says is funny. One of my favorite lines is from that scene, which was the little brother um, of Forrest Whitaker. I forget his name. Did they ever say his name, the little boy? I don't remember his name. Anyway, when he says, first he's going to shoot, and then he's going to kill us. <laughs> my brother's going to shit. Make up your mind, dude. Is he going to shit or is he going to kill us? First he's going to shit, then he's going to kill us. That's a funny visual. <laughs> I like that kid a lot. Yeah. He then right before that he says, I like sex in the most convincing way possible. See your new Playboy? Good? Oh, there's tits. Alright. I like sex. I think he might be my favorite character. <laughs> favorite minor character at least. I really like that kid. He's cute. I wrote down I hate Christmas. Because I do, and I just appreciate that sentiment in movies, whatever that's just the tedium of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I really love when Spicoli walks in with a bagel in his pants. Yes. <laughs> That's like such a teenage boy thing of just carrying things in weird places. <laughs> He's always shirtless, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go in and take their shirts off after they walk in just to fuck with them. I really like when Damone lays out his five-point plan to Ratner with the cutout of Debbie Harry. He's like, oh, Debbie, hi. First of all, Rat, you never let on how much you like a girl. Oh, Debbie, 
I do hate that guy, though. Yeah, he's for sure my lead. I mean, you're not supposed to like him. I mean, I love Linda when she's like, he's not a guy. He's a little prick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Mike Damone's a no-brain little prick, Stacy. I'm not going to let him get away with this. Linda, please don't do anything. I don't even like the guy. Stacy, he's not a guy. He's a little prick. I like that they show that he at least tried to get the money. I always find that kind of interesting. It's indefensible. He just bails completely, but I do like that they show him on the phone the night before trying to mm -hmm. scare up the money for that. But yeah. I hate Dumont. I mean... Totally. You know. It fits with his character that he would try to save face by being like, oh, I just never gave a shit. <laughs> he's like... A, an asshole with like a slight nagging in her conscience, kind of. Yeah. But he is definitely mostly the biggest asshole. Yeah. I like the pep rally scene where <laughs> the cheerleaders are trying to get everybody excited, but nobody like gives a shit. You know, they're like, you know, it's really hard. It takes a lot of courage. It, it takes a lot of courage. You know, it takes a lot of courage to get up here and do something that you know people will make fun of. And then there's like these other indignities that happen in high school, like the uh, prom committee is painting banners <laughs> and like all these other students are just walking across their freshly painted banners and opening doors and ripping them apart. Yeah. <laughs> and like not everybody care, you know, you're working on something that you're really into and brought back some memories there. <laughs> I like when Damone is trying to sell cheap trick tickets to the girl on the bleachers and he's trying to like do the dream police. He's doing there. like a... He's like, your mommy's on there. He's doing <laughs> he's a little like... medley for her. <laughs> Can you honestly tell me that you forgot? Forgot the magnetism of Robin Zander or the charisma of Rick Nielsen? That's kid stuff. Kid stuff? Well, how about the tunes? I want you to want me. The dream police. Da -da 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 -da. Your mama's alright, your dad is alright, but just seem a little bit weird. Surrender. She's like, that's kid stuff. <laughs> and I love the tunes. <laughs> Um, and then I like, you want romance in Ridgemont, Stacey, we oh. can't even get cable TV here. Yeah, Stacey, what do you want? I want a relationship. I want romance. want romance in Ridgemont? We can't even get cable TV here, Stacey, you want romance. I like that. Man, remember when you couldn't get cable places? Right, no. <laughs> yeah, That's a really specific time. Yeah. You know? like yeah. When there was cable, but not everywhere. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the Fox channel when I was a kid, and that was when The Simpsons was just blowing up, and my sister and I are like, oh my god, we can't watch oh. The Simpsons, but we heard it's oh. so cool. Our half-sister lived in D.C., she would record it on VHS and oh, mail, wow. mail us wow. the tapes. That's were, really nice. <laughs> well, I know, it was really sweet. And then we're like, oh, there's this show that comes on after. It's like 90210. Oh. Did you record that too? Right. Yes. <laughs> Have a good time at the gynecologist. You record everything for us. Oh my god, a Fox programming at that time was my shit. Yeah, it, was so <laughs> it was so good. It Married was really good. Children. In Living Color. I watched The Get of Life, the Ben Stiller show I remember oh, watching, yeah. like, you know, when it was Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. Uh, let's see. Do we have any other things to say before we go to the lunchtime poll? Um, oh. I just, I, I love how uh, in the scene when Ratner confronts Damone, how much Ratner is like really acting his heart out. Look, I always stick up for you. 
Whenever people say, ah, oh, that, that Damone, he's a loudmouth, and they say that a lot, I always say, hey, you just don't know Damone. I mean, when they call you an idiot, I say, hey, Damone's not an idiot, you just don't know him. Well, you know something, man, maybe they do know you pretty good. Maybe I'm just finding out now. <laughs> yeah. I like, I don't want to use sex as a tool, Brad. <laughs> tool for what? <laughs> I love that. And then, I like, really like that whole conversation. What's there to do at the point? And I like, um, I'm a little slow today. I just switched to Sanka. Oh, like, I just, Sanka. My dad was like all about Sanka, like instant <laughs> coffee. He just loved like any kind of artificial sweeteners. So like. <laughs> He would put a little, it looked like aspirin, but it was saccharin pills. Oh, yeah. My mom had those. Yeah. Ugh. I remember trying one, yeah. time, one time because I thought it was a Tic Tac, and I was horrified that it was. Because yeah. <laughs> it came in, like, this similar kind of little t- <laughs> container than a Tic Tac. Uh, oh, I did write down one passage that was particularly meaningful for me, just at the stage of my life where Spicoli's excuse for not being able to get to class was, I just couldn't make it on time. <laughs> What's the reason for your truancy? Just couldn't make it on time. I feel that so hard because, like, I try to be on time and I fucking can't do it anymore. <laughs> I used to pride myself on being early before I had kids and then just having kids ruined me as a person <laughs> capable of being able to get places on time at all. I just can't fucking do it. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> but my last thing, I like uh, in the end when Damone and Ratner make up if Damone, like, actually apologizes. Mark, uh... I want to apologize for everything that's happened. I mean, I'm, I'm really sorry. A guy just doesn't do that to a body. Like, that's something I'm so much more mm-hmm. aware of now, like how many apologies are bad. You know, like, I'm right. sorry if you, you know, yes. that. And he has a really sincere apology, and he says a guy just doesn't do that to a buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't I'm like, like them all. <laughs> no, no, no. I never totally, like them all, totally. Appreciate that. He does have some pangs of conscience. And he's also another one that his talk is so much more than what he's actually, you know, he makes it seem right. like he's like this, such a player. He's obviously very inexperienced. Right. If not actually a virgin, I don't right. know. It's hard to say, but yeah. it's hard to say because, yeah, that was about how long a teenage boy would last. Right. <laughs> even if they'd done it before. I just love all the just like random Spicoli, like when he's like going to the classroom and he's like, Hey, I know that dude. I love that. I love that line for some reason. I know that dude. Yeah, I know that dude. That's what I love at the dance when he's like, I know that song. And he gets up on the stage with that. I really enjoy the little drum thing. She's got like this very simple, you know, amused by anything. I just love that. Yeah, he's very irresponsible, but he seems like a sweet guy in general. Yeah. I did laugh really hard when Mr. Hand locked the door because I reminded of Barb and Star. It's six o'clock on the dot, so it's time to lock the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like a very funny mark of a controlling person. What else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. So I think what we've done in the past is that we've had one lunchtime pull for each movie and our double features, so... This is no exception, or it's the first time we're doing it. But either way. Uh, or somewhere in the middle. Yeah, or some, something else. Just what we're doing today. So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. 
what was the highlight of your shitty year? <laughs> I'm assuming we all would not say that last year was the best year of our lives. So let's try and think of something real great that happened to us this last year. That I mean, was I'll otherwise go first, kind of, Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I was kind of off topic during our pandemic year, you know, because it was in a lot of ways a good year for me. But also there was a lot that was really bad too. But whatever. <laughs> so, when I get that, obviously spending time with you guys was always a highlight. I got divorced and I dated somebody last year for like eight months it's so funny because i feel like i never talked about him while we were dating and now <laughs> <laughs> it's true right that's true so anyway processing it was just a very very good experience dating someone and knowing how much of what was bad in my last relationship like wasn't me even though the person that I was with was constantly telling me it was me. But just to like enjoy a man's company and know that I could do that and then ending something on such good terms and like my kids seeing something end on good terms. I know like a lot of people are like, oh, this year felt like just a year of March or whatever, but like it'll never feel that way to me and like I'll always have fondness for this year because of that. So. <laughs> yeah. My highlights, I definitely loved being able to do the podcast and like even though we were doing it on Zoom and stuff, it was still like a fun thing to do and I looked forward to it and like when so much was out of control and mm -hmm didn't know what the hell was happening in the world. Right. And then I really liked my birthday. That was such a good day. Going out with friends and that was like the brief window when the movie theater was open again. Oh, great, yeah. We watched Muriel's wedding. That was really fun. It was. So that was like a highlight. I missed this, so really you cool. get to do yeah. it, you know? So that was mine. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I definitely have enjoyed doing this podcast and my daughter asked me why I like doing it because I spent so much time doing it. <laughs> and I had to think about it because I hadn't really, I mean, besides just enjoying talking about movies, why do I like the editing of it? And why do I like doing all that stuff that takes a lot of work? Capturing clips and the editing. And it's because it's kind of art for me where I'm actually crafting something. You know, I'm sculpting the episode into something listenable and that can be consumed by people and enjoyed. Or even if we don't, you know, even I want people to hear it, obviously, but if they don't, <laughs> it's still something I can be proud of. So that wasn't my original answer, but when you were talking, I was like, yeah, that was really great and like therapeutic almost. Yeah. Something I could sort of escape because I put on my noise canceling headphones and <laughs> escape into this world of crafting this conversation. But my answer was going to be what is always my highlight of my year, uh, which is we have a karaoke party at Halloween every year, but obviously this year we didn't have like a party party, but we still had to think of a way to have it safe and just sing because singing karaoke is so special to me I don't know I just fucking love it and I love singing with my friends and I love baby kitten who we always hire to do the party because he's just a great guy and also he's got the greatest catalog of all time it wasn't an escapist situation because it was you know there were only like 10 people there and we were all wearing masks so it definitely we were reminded the whole time that it was different but it still managed to be so fun and I always feel that way. That's like my Christmas. Mm -hmm. However people feel about Christmas is how I feel about Halloween and also karaoke. And it was really nice that we were able to all do that. Mm -hmm. Even though maybe later <laughs> we were like, oh, that was kind of reckless. We did all get tests. We didn't really know what we were. I don't know. We all got tested and we all wore masks. And we kept the guest list very, very small. But um, you know, we even sang in masks. Yeah. Like that. Wow. It's not easy to do. It's not easy. <laughs> there are some songs where I was like, oh, I shouldn't have picked that because it was a lot of breathing. <laughs> like any Lizzo song, I don't recommend trying to sing Lizzo with a mask on. 
I don't know when Lizzo takes breaths. It seems like she goes for three minutes without breathing. <laughs> but anyway, that's just something I really love. And it felt really special to be able to do that in this otherwise very, very stressful year. Oh my God. So. I, I love those, like with my birthday, it's just like those moments where you kind of like forget that all this shit is happening in the world. It felt yeah. so nice, you know. Yeah. Moments of escapism. Yeah. And just watching movies for the podcast too, that's always so fun and watching movies in general is an escapism thing thinking about barb and star that was like a highlight <laughs> recording so fun. session for me definitely had a good time editing that podcast too editing that episode no i can't wait to listen to it i was thinking maybe my answer was barb and star but i'm like but that just happened but that's definitely up there it's in the top five <laughs> it's so fucking good how very anniversary party yeah let's do it all right happy anniversary Joe and Sally are celebrating their sixth anniversary. Six months ago, who would have thought? And the perfect life they've built together. I'm happy that he did find a nice, stable actress to settle down with. The image of you is a possessive, fragile neurotic. But I am a possessive, fragile neurotic. No, you are not. You are Sally Nash. And you know our friends how? We live next door. Oh, you're them. Excuse me? Oh my god, neighbors are coming, and here they are. Oh, welcome. When I was in rehab the second time, they wouldn't even let us watch your drug addict movie because they said you were too real. I'm gonna throw up. Having a baby changes everything. You can't take a handful of burger. You can't split your wrist. You can't just rob you of that option. Anyway. <laughs> You invited Sky Davidson to our anniversary party. I didn't even invite my mother. Oh, I got a ghastly headache. Do you want a Tylenol or something? I'd love his annex. Are you jealous? And when does he graduate high school? Oh, very jealous. <laughs> you look so well, Claire. A wraith. And your phone calls are nasty and abusive, and I've come this close to suing you for harassment, and the only reason you are here is because we're supposed to be sucking up to you. You need gravitas. You've got gravitas. I've got gravitas up the wazoo, baby. <laughs> How's your movie? I don't want to talk about it. Why not? I never like to talk about my work. I play Gittle, this Jewish milkmaid who gets shot in the head. You read the novel and then you see the movie, and most of the time you're like, what's this? You know? You don't have any clothes on. <laughs> Fine Line Features presents a film written and directed by Jennifer Jason Lee and Alan Cumming. The Anniversary Party. I can't find my husband or my paper. Have you seen either of them? Toast, Sally and Joe. This movie, I saw it when it came out, and I remember liking it, but I didn't remember all that much about it. Otherwise, I remember liking it, and I remember that there was an awkward scenario in the movie, and I couldn't remember what it was, <laughs> but I just remember, like, the feeling of awkwardness after the movie. And then I watched the movie, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hella awkward. <laughs> but there's so much there. I really do feel like it's kind of the blueprint for the modern mumblecore movie in a lot of ways, oh, yeah. even though it was scripted. Just how mumblecore movies are about the subtleties of interactions and mm -hmm. interpersonal relationships. There was a lot of that here. And 
I was once again very impressed. So. Yeah. It was nice rewatching. Like, I saw it when it came out, and then I know I watched it because I remember I got the... I'm always a sucker for a commentary, so I definitely watched it. Like, when it first came out on DVD, and there's a commentary by, uh, I think, both of them, Jennifer Jason Lee and Alan Cumming, and I definitely watched it again with the commentary. But I hadn't watched it again... I don't think since then I'm, you know, I couldn't remember the last time I saw it. And then I watched it a couple of times preparing for this. I'm like, wow, this is a really good movie. I really like this. And there's so much mm-hmm. going on. And it's an insane cast, right? Yes. God, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Phoebe Cates, I think she just kind of came out of retirement to be in it. Yeah. yeah like, I love like, how she's just like, it's like, yeah. as a favor, like, sure, I'll be in Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she just kind of plays herself. I'm glad that that's all over for me. You uh, don't miss it. Never. Really? Not even for a second. Really? Yeah, can have all that. Are they friends, IRL? Yeah, and that's what I remember she says in the commentary that they've been friends ever since Fast Times and that their dynamic has always been just kind of like that, where, Mm -hmm. you know, she's the one that Phoebe is the one kind of like the guide or whatever yeah yeah she's just got it figured out (laughs) maybe it's not that so much that she's figured it out as that she's comfortable with all of her choices right right i always love that about phoebe kate's like their story you know that they got married and when they started having kids it was like you know i mean this is how they've always said it is that they used to take turns like okay you make a movie and I'll stay home with the baby and then I'll make a movie and then whenever it was like her turn to make movies, she's like, nah, you just make another one. Like, she just was like, nah. I, like, I, I really like that about her. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Phoebe Cates and Kevin Klein are married in real life, <laughs> just in case right. our listeners didn't know that. <laughs> it's something we talk about a lot, so it feels like common knowledge. But... <laughs> they are great. I really love Kevin Klein. Although he's like now just always Mr. Fishoder to me. (laughs) Whenever I hear him talking. Theodore Roosevelt made himself a turkey melt, shared it with the bear, and then he told him how he really felt. Made himself a daiquiri, drank it in a factory. How many people died in the fire? Uh, Gosh, there's just so much in this movie. Uh, I feel like I really know like older Jane Addams a lot, but I, I don't know a lot about young Jane Addams. I'm a big Joe Swanberg fan, <laughs> and she's in every Joe Swanberg joint, uh, and she just always has her tits out, which I really appreciate. She just gets naked constantly, even though her body is definitely more of a middle-aged woman body now. She still takes her clothes off all the time, and I just really love that. She is on a, it was a short-lived HBO series called Hung, where this guy- Oh, I know about that. like a guy Thomas in Jane, the, yeah, yeah the, the Midwest, he decides to like- Become a gigolo, and like Jane Adams is his pimp, oh. and like oh. uh, I never just... wanted to watch that until now. Oh god, she's hilarious in it. It's so funny. I there's so many like laugh out loud moments oh. in, the, um, in the first season. I just love how like her character is like <laughs> she's really anxious. She has a young child, and then also like she's an it's a baby, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> or a baby, two month old. And then she's a working actress, and she's talking about, like, taking pills to keep her weight down yeah. and stuff. So it's just, like, there's a lot of shit going on where it's just, like, no wonder you're you're so anxious, yeah, you know? she's like, so high-strung. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and her husband's a director. <laughs> Are you all right, Pat? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just a little stressed, okay? And I've been taking pills to get my weight down since the baby. Well, I'm... Um, <laughs> 
was down. Oh, and the doctor said they might make me a little dumpy. Oh, I've got a ghastly headache, actually. Do you, do you want a Tylenol or something? I'd love a Xanax. You know what, Sally? Please don't tell Sophia that I'm not breastfeeding. Why would she care? Well, you know Sophia. She's so damn judgmental and she's so damn perfect and she's fucking serene. Just don't fucking tell her, okay? Because, you know, I can feel that comparing and... Just don't fucking tell her. Gotta lay off pills for her. Don't tell her. I love it when she needs to change and like, or she, she got doesn't want dog dander on her right. clothes because her baby is allergic. That didn't make any sense to me, that whole thing. Oh God! Ah! The dog! Yeah, I know it sounds hysterical, okay? But Otis rubbed up against me and I'd like to change into something of yours. You don't understand, he's so allergic, it's terrifying. Borrow whatever you like. Okay, I'll, I'll change the pack right before we leave. Whatever you like. That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we're going into hot probs. Shut up. Hot probs is on. Oh shit, yeah. Even though I know that, like, it's her character being unreasonable, but nobody calls her out on the idea. It's just easier to let her borrow something than right. try to explain to her that if she takes her clothes off that are already soiled, she'll have to put them on when she go home later. Right. And she'll still have a... D I don't know. It was, yeah. like, so weird. <laughs> And then she puts on that expensive dress. I love, I love the galleon on a dress. It's like a red. I found something. Your wardrobe is incredible. Oh, I have something. Forever to decide. And thank you. I found Dr. X. You saved my life. Oh, shit. I'd cut up a red wine if I were you. Oh, shit. It's my galleon. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, I love that thought. Like, can I borrow something? You think it's gonna be like sweatpants or something? <laughs> like I, I, I took the nicest thing from her closet. Right. It's like red carpet Oscar dress. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously like she went so metaphorical. Like she wants yeah. to shed her skin, and then she's like, oh, cool. she she, she is so much more relaxed. Yeah, she that. feels so much better. <laughs> right, like she's most comfortable in a gown. Right. <laughs> Or then naked later, like... Yes, like, oh my god. That is great. That's very Hollywood, as far as I know. I love movies about Hollywood and, like, mm -hmm. people that work in Hollywood and, like, getting, like, glimpses into, like, what that life is like. I guess The Player was another movie mm -hmm. that I had seen that was, like, sort of in that same vein. Mm -hmm. and I think Jane Adams is in that one, too. Oh, really? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's in that Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I watched that movie now, and I, I was like, oh my god, I wonder what these people would be like on Instagram. Now, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, really be fun. Yeah, fun fellas. I think yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know that party is such a mess. The guest list is crazy. Mm -hmm. They're just mixing work and friends, yeah. and their neighbors they don't even like. And it's so funny how all the people are like, oh, you're the neighbors. <laughs> like, they've talked about them with everybody. Right. God. I love how PB Cates recovers from that. And she's like, <laughs> you said you're inviting the neighbors? Can <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. America just told me that the neighbors are coming. And here they are. Oh. And she was just saying how happy that you were to finally, finally have them over because you two are so you're so introspective and shy and you know we should have done it ages ago basically welcome i'm sophia gold uh, would you like to meet my husband cal cal gold 
The very one? Yes. I'd be thrilled. Oh, well then he'll be thrilled. Right. I love how she just is so cool. Like right. everything she does, you know? And then she's just like, I have a super famous husband. Want to be Yeah, in Hollywood, every party is not just a party. It's like a business opportunity. Or you just, you just have like, to be working all the time. Yeah, right. like... Oh, I had to invite Sky Davidson to our anniversary party because it's the only right. time in her schedule I could talk to her or whatever. Watching it again, I didn't like the Joe character. Like, I just felt like... He's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I didn't remember I feeling that strong. I mean, not bad, but, like, he's definitely fucked up. And I don't like that he doesn't know he's fucked up. It's one thing to be like, I feel like... Uh, what's her, what's Jennifer James Lee's character? Sally. Sally. I feel like Sally knows she's fucked up, mm-hmm. but Joe does not know. I, th- I kind of like Joe, but I feel like he's just so irresponsible just as a person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely have that problem with his idea of like, I'm a writer, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. I, I know that you changed it to a bookstore and the color of my hair, but, but the moment was exactly the same. Same, you know, dynamic. And almost verbatim, isn't it? For a writer, nothing sacred. Nothing at all. The writer license to be shitty. I don't like that about him. (laughs) And it's something I've seen before. I mean, it's accurate. I can definitely see that being a truthful thing, but it makes me not like him as a person. (laughs) And like um, her business manager comes to the party with Parker Posey's, his his wife, and, you know, he takes Joe aside. He's like, don't fuck up again when Sally's not happy. We're not happy. Sally seems like she's like the successful actress. Joe is sort of like the bad boy writer, and she's... Mm -hmm. I think he... I get the sense that he's gotten a lot of opportunity because of his relationship with Sally. I don't know if that's... Yeah, and his material from her. (laughs) Right, exactly. And the material, and she's, like, secretly bought a London flat or something like that, and, like, wants to His family house. Yeah. Her family home, yeah. I got the sense, like, she's the one with money, and, like, he's... She's the real breadwinner. Yeah, Yeah. she's the breadwinner, and, like, he's landed this directing gig. Like, I thought also that scene, like, with John C. Riley and he's like, Sky Davidson, wow, that's pretty big time. And Joe's like, yeah, whatever. And, right, and, and John know. C. Riley's like, do you even like movies? Like, <laughs> you know, he's like, like, do you have a DP? And he's like, is that the guy with the camera? <laughs> yeah. So do you have a DP? Is that the cameraman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he gave me a list. Yeah, Sky Davidson. That's pretty big league for a first time. Even like movies? Not particularly. Weird, isn't it? <laughs> God, I am so up right now. That seems like the way that Hollywood is. Mm-hmm. Success is not. You get a direct. It's not merit based. It's not merit based. <laughs> no. It's just like. It's, it's who you know. And who you can convince to give you money. Yeah, exactly. They're having their morning yoga instructor that comes (laughs) to their house and they're doing yoga outside. His sister is leaving a voicemail. Like, she's really sad. Please pick up the phone. And it's just like, ah. Breathe deeply. Breathing apart. 
Long waist, lengthen. Left rib cage coming toward the right rib cage. Go where? Inhale. Come all the way up. Legs together. Arms by your sides. Turns out she's overdosing at that moment. Yeah, Yikes. Have, like, I watched it twice, like pretty close together. And the two phone calls in the opening, like set it up for the climax in their big fight. You know, that it's mm -hmm. like his sister calls and he doesn't answer. And then her doctor calls. That's good. No, I feel, I feel fine. All right. Thank you very much. That's it. Keep breathing. No luck. Oh, well, we'll to try again. Ooh. Yeah, it gets like I love the ecstasy scene. Like it's so, it's such a fun. I love, love any drug scene in a movie. Yeah. America, America, the food was so yummy. I need a thing And then things get real. Like, no, it's such a bummer. Like, ugh. <laughs> it was kind of a funny throwback, though, like, his hair. <laughs> he puts on those, like, raver clothes, yeah. basically, and puts his I hair in those, those little... Pigtails. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, people used to do that. I remember this boy had me braid his hair into tiny braids, like, before we went to a rave. <laughs> He's like, who can braid my hair? And I was like, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, That's he's just of, like so rave, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. got like the lollipops, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. I love water. It. Everyone should be drinking oh, water. water, yeah. <laughs> I love like Parker Posey. Is so, she's like, I have five diving batons. I have five diving batons. And yeah, when I count to three, everybody's going to dive in. You the artwork baton? is 50 extra points. I'm playing two. Hey, one, two. Three. I'm playing We're gonna, two. <laughs> We're going to yes. throw the diving, but yeah, I'm playing two. Like, oh, I just loved her, like, intense, like, The delivery on that is terrific. <laughs> yes. Definitely a hot prop was that their party is for their sixth anniversary. <laughs> I know, I, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. A sixth anniversary. Like, right. I've heard of people having, like, 50th anniversary parties or whatever, but not. Or anything like, divisible. We had a 10, right. yeah, we had a 10-year gathering it wasn't a party but it was like we did something but uh, <laughs> yeah i believed it because i feel like one they're just like dramatic hollywood types anyway but then also that they had clearly like just gotten back together it was almost like having a vow renewal or something <laughs> i love that everybody feels totally fine to reference that too constantly yeah. you know about how they had split up yeah we're so glad you're back together now the toast or the, the speech by the guy who I think was his ex-boyfriend, I, I got the sense mm -hmm. like... I definitely think there was something. Yeah, there. like he's mm -hmm. like trying to say how happy he is for them, but it's like a very sad speech right. that he yeah. makes. And I also feel like he knows exactly what he's doing when he says, oh, and Sally, you're going to make a great Jenna in the movie. Like, you know, she's not going to be in the movie. And to Sally... Um, who could ask for a more inspired muse? And I'm sure that you're going to transcend Joe's um, first attempt at a, an adapted screenplay and uh, be the most perfect, most radiant Jenna. Um, 
Congratulations. Wow, I didn't pick up on that, but I think you're probably right. Yikes. <laughs> oh, that's so fucked up. Yeah. Oh, I also wrote down as a hot prob that pains when he does a Peter Sellers, like he chooses to do the. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's colonial. That humor. bad accent. Do the Peter Sellers thing again. Orders, where are you in this godforsaken canyon? My people are hungry. <laughs> I'm like, all the Peter Sellers, he did a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> and he does it twice. Like, every time she's like, do you have another Peter Sellers? And he goes into that voice. I'm like, yeah. stop. Yeah. <laughs> Although we still had a poo voiced by a white man until just like, like this last year, year so. Yeah. Hot prob adjacent for me. I really didn't have a lot of props with this movie, but I hate the neighbors so much. And I'm like, why are they still there? Like, they're so clearly not welcome, like, the entire time. I know. So... I don't know why they don't leave. Right. I mean, I feel like the husband realizes that at least before the wife does. Like, and she's actually surprised when Alan Cumming just spits it out of her. He's like, we only invited you because we're supposed to make nice with you, you know? And she is somehow surprised by that. The dog barks incessantly. And you know, he really does not. And Ryan works at home. And your phone calls are nasty and abusive, and I've come this close to suing you for harassment. And the only reason you are here is because we're supposed to be sucking up to you. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. That's what Ryan thought. I was a little more generous, actually. Obviously. Why else would you have been invited, right? right. Like... Oh, my God. That's how I do feel bad for her though because obviously her husband sucks <laughs> it's very funny that she says that you know he was that he's been sober for eight years but that he was kind of more fun when he was drinking it's like how long have you been married nine years <laughs> yeah, that's like not what she signed on for right <laughs> totally that's really Oh, a little hot prop, too. I mean, I know, like, people get competitive in games, but the guy calls her a cunt. It's fucking mine, baby. Uh, it's uh, your your hamstring, your legs. Nobody knows what you're doing. Your knee, your ankle, what? Just, okay, go to the second syllable. Go to the second syllable. Would you just move on to the fucking second syllable, you stupid cunt? I did write down, this uh, game does not seem fun for anybody. Right. <laughs> right. Like, somebody should too. object to that. Everybody was way too competitive about that game. <laughs> it's like, yeah, actors should not play charades. You would think that actors would be the perfect people to play charades, but in fact, I think it's the worst. <laughs> it's mixing work and... <laughs> I can't even say pleasure because it's not yeah. pleasurable. <laughs> it's good to see something like that, though. Like when people say, like, if you think your own friends are competitive, you know, like everyone's fine. Yeah, we're not doing that. It's fine. No it's one's fine. called anyone a cunt right. in earnest. <laughs> well, gets so mad, I think he gets so mad about the guy's wife, the yeah. cats and jammer kids thing, or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Oh my god. And then Parker Posey, his wife, like, in her speech, she's like, you learn how to play the game. Man, just a, just a lot of work. It's really hard. And you figure out the game. And you play the game. And you be strong. And don't put up with any shit. Just making it work. Wow, marriage seems like great. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's so happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, she's married to that like business manager who just wants to win everything. I um, love that scene. I feel like there's so much going on. Yeah. Every person who speaks, there's like there's mm -hmm. so many layers. What's 
happening there. I did write down a hot prop from that scene, which is like just something that speaks to me as a truth in this world, uh, where the neighbors. Do you remember the neighbors' names? The husband is Ryan. I don't. Maybe Monica. Okay. They get up there and they're both awkward, <laughs> and she's like, "You're the writer." I'm just going to, you know, uh, to, um, to uh, give our version of a, of a toast. Um, <laughs> we're not exactly, you know, talented and. Uh, you He's know. a writer. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is so funny to me because I've definitely heard that before as I'm a writer and people will be like, then you should be good at public speaking. Okay, On totally the fly. <laughs> <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> That's not how this works. But that felt very truthful to me. I've heard that a lot. And then I also wrote phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pages and pages of phone bill. Yeah. This would be my phone bill. Okay, for the better part of the last year, I have received countless, all our heartbroken, I will never get over it, transatlantic phone calls from my very devastated, very cherished best friend, Joe. Needless to say, no conversation, it was under two hours. And I just, I didn't have the heart, you know, after the first hour to say, hey, do you think, you know, maybe you could call me back? I'm calling London for crying out loud. Um, because I knew that should my life unravel, that you would be there for me. But in case my life doesn't unravel, um, I'm just going to leave my phone bill over here <laughs> in case you want to pay me back. Like each call, remember when they charged you for every single minute of yes. long distance oh and that long distance was even a thing mm -hmm. it's definitely much better now <laughs> <laughs> uh, jennifer beals was this like her comeback kind of i don't know i mean i feel like she's always been just kind of there well i don't know i guess wasn't her comeback the l word maybe? yes that was after so, this though wasn't it i don't know i thought it was i don't know i don't remember <laughs> it was nice to see her though she's very good I love her, though. I kind of hate her character in this movie. Oh, yeah. Her character's awful. Okay. She's uh, great. She does a great job with that, like, of, like, the, I'm on your side. The predatory. Then, yeah. yeah. She's totally, like, how much she is, like, inserting herself as, like, I'm his closest confidant. You know, like, we're yeah. best friends, you know. And right. I love Sally. I'm so happy you're back with Sally. You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like she does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> great. <laughs> and those pictures everywhere, all over uh, yeah. <laughs> her photographs all over the place. I love how <laughs> I love that Sally was like, let's put it in the pantry. I just, she was just trying to find like the least conspicuous place to put it. <laughs> okay, tiny hot breath for me, although I'm betraying my sisters in the committee, but it's a little <laughs> weird to me when um John C. Riley and somebody else, maybe Alan Cumming, they're watching Gwyneth Paltrow and they both say how she has such great tits. She has tits like my tits, you know, which are not great, you know. I like feel, they're young, but yeah. there are, they're really small. Hollywood loves know? small tits. Mm. They do. Because it means that the woman is skinny, usually, in There's my experience. There's lots of women with skinny, big tit ladies in Hollywood, though. Who now? Oh, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I feel like everybody's bodies in this movie were, like, what just became the, like, Hollywood ideal. It, if it wasn't already. Live, yeah, perky-boobed, like, no bra. Right, There's, like, not yeah. a single bra in this entire movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Jennifer Jason Lee's tits are out, though. Like, she doesn't really look good. Yeah. <laughs> Nipping everywhere. Yeah. 
I don't have a problem with it at all, but it's, I definitely think that, like, that is, like, the Hollywood ideal. Yeah. The look was pretty big, I think. Like, Gwyneth Paltrow, she was, like, one of the physical ideals, I think, for that era, at least. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of women in Hollywood have implants, like, like all the girls on Friends or something, you know, like, skinny with tits. Yeah. I think implants are so common. Yeah. Just small ones? Because it's not like their (laughs) tits are that big. I don't know. They're proportionally big. I mean, that's, you look at Gwyneth Paltrow, who's, like, skinny and her tits are small. Like, that's usually, like, if you're that skinny, your tits are going to be pretty small. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's hard for me to say. I know. Well, I feel like what <laughs> looks small to you. Like, <laughs> well, I'm trying to... I mean, like, skinny with, like, a C cup. That's, like... Okay. You know. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of, like, the typical Hollywood, like, implant. Like, Hollywood skinny, but... You know, with, like, regular-ish size boobs. Okay. I see what you're saying. I thought that the Phoebe Cates character, mm-hmm. like, she really loves her friend. She really loves Sally, but, like, she's also, like, very status-oriented and, like, just, like, you're not having your baby in England. It's socialized <laughs> there. The plumbing <laughs> is bad. Oh, so... You'll hate it in London. It's wet and miserable. It's a medical hellhole, Sally. It's socialized, for God's sakes. There are beds in the corners and terrible plumbing. I know, Jesus, you are not going to have your baby in in London. You're going to have your baby here at Cedars in Beverly Hills, America, delivered by Dr. Milton Cohen, period. You're going to get that epidural right away. Imagine the healthcare in America is better than anywhere. Right, exactly. It's just the money part that's bad. It is interesting how how so many people act like she's going to have a baby, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to be a great mother. And, I, you know, like, it's clear she doesn't really talk to anybody about. Like, everyone just assumes, like, that's what's happening. That is absolutely I mean, she my... Let them think that. Yeah. That's my favorite thing about the movie is that's her secret. Her secret is that she doesn't want to be a mother and everyone has assumed that that's what she wants and, mm-hmm. like, really latched on to that. And I'm sure that... We don't see the origin of it, but I'm sure it's, like, it probably never even came from her, I bet. I bet it was, like, something that Joe said, like, we're going to have a baby. And then everyone was like, oh, baby, blah, blah, blah. There's just so much societal pressure of, like, that's the next step. And she's, now she's this age. Like, what else is she going to do? She's outlived her usefulness as a Hollywood starlet. I love that that's, like, the subtext is, like, well, what if you don't want that? <laughs> right, it's just, like, not acceptable. Yeah. Although I do feel like it's extremely shitty what she did, you know, like, that she... Mm-hmm. I mean, she definitely let him think that, you know, and she says, that he's like, why Why did you do this? And she says, like, you, you told me you changed your mind, and she said, I wanted you back, you know? And, I mean, that's a really terrible thing to do to somebody, you know? It is, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> She's certainly not blameless. I'm kind of team no one in that fight. Like, that yeah. fight is brutal. I have a lot of feelings the second time watching that. I had an abortion two weeks ago. I thought I was pregnant. It just scared the shit out of me. Don't do this. I told you when we met, I never wanted children. I don't want kids in my life. I told you we talked about it. You weren't listening. You changed your mind. No. You changed your mind. No, I wanted you back. Ow! Jesus Christ! You think this was to hurt you? It's not about you! What? You aborted our child! It's not about me! 
not ready. You're just not ready yet. That's all. Yo, don't, just... don't make allowances. I'll never, I will never be ready. There are some people that just shouldn't have kids. I would be a terrible fucking mother, Joe. I mean, they both like win so far. Oh, yeah, know? they got really ugly with each other. Ugly, yeah. yeah. And also, Sally, the plot is quite clearly for a woman in her early 20s. What are you saying? Hello? Last birthday was? I don't look my age, Joe. Sally, I have never considered you for this part because you are too old to play it. And if you think any differently, you are out of touch with reality. I'm sorry. Well, it's a shit novel, anyway. Oh, oh well then. There you go. I'll let you off the hook. You are one goddamn lucky actress. No, really. I mean, all your novels have always been pop, but this one's the shallowest of the bunch. I mean, okay. well, that's what okay. all our friends okay. think, anyway. Okay, I don't okay, know. I mean, okay. If them. by some fucking miracle we could have stripped ten years off your face, there is still no way I could have got this film made because my name means nothing as a director and your name means fuck all anymore and the people who do hire you are scared to because they think you're phoning it in. I was wondering how often that happens. Like if this is just some sort of horrible time loop that they live in in a way where they like wake up and everything's fine and then they have a huge fight and then they go to bed, you know? Yeah. I imagine them talking to each other like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of me feels like she kind of is lucky that his sister dies right after that because, you know, he's so angry. He's like, I will never forgive you. For yeah, this he's done. Any. Like, I feel like that's kind of almost like a lucky break for her that he has to sort of instantly forget all about that. Having been in a very bad marriage, like, I definitely remember things where it's like if somebody else witnessed that argument from the outside, they would be like, oh, those people are never coming back from that. And you just are. Then the next day, it's like, whatever, you know? Like, you promise mm -hmm. yourself, I'm never going to forget this. That's very mm -hmm. relatable to me when he says, like, I will never forgive you for this. And it's just weird when you're in a really bad relationship like that. How many times something can feel like that, and then you end up past it. Or even just yeah, that that doesn't mean what it sounds like it means. I will never forgive you for this. Like, he probably won't. Right. But it doesn't mean that they're done. Right. It'll just be, it'll throw it on the pile of your right. resentment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You get to this moment where each person is going to say something that they just can't take back. And it's mm -hmm. like, then the next day, right. I mean, it's just like kind of weird how desensitized or, or like you get used to being treated a certain way. Mm -hmm. or, or some people for sure, I never did this, but some people tell themselves this is what marriage is. Couples fight. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's very liberating to uh -huh. respond to that with, and I guess marriage isn't for me. Yeah, <laughs> right? Okay. All marriages go through this. No, they don't. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, guess I'm not into marriage then. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my God, I know. There's there's so much here. There's like the whole ageism thing, not mm -hmm. just with her, but also like the privilege of how ageism is just for women. Because then when... Kevin Klein's talking about it. His experience is so nothing. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I just don't get the same roles I used to get. But he's still getting roles all the time and getting plenty of work. Speaking of acting, the role of Leo in your film? Oh yeah. Mm. Any um, casting ideas yet? I happen to have a small window. Leo's 28. Mm, scratch out a two, put in a three, and I'm here. <laughs> Scratch out a two, put in a four. You fucking cunt. 
Okay, so I'm too old. But you could rewrite the novel. I'm not going to rewrite Make him an older novel. character. Then I'd be right. <laughs> who, wants, who wants one of these young idiots with no gravitas? You need gravitas. <laughs> You've got gravitas. I've got gravitas up the wazoo. <laughs> yeah, that conversation was, like, painful. <laughs> right, and it's like they're doing a movie together, and he's clearly so much older than her. Uh, I mean, it's like she's only, like, 38. <laughs> I know. Exactly. But I guess by Hollywood math, like, that's probably... Yeah, there's just a lot of Hollywood math. That the sixth anniversary is a celebratory thing. <laughs> right. And that, like, yeah, a 38-year-old woman is basically might as well be dead, but then Kevin Klein, however old he is, is like... Uh, he's just not, he's not an action star or whatever. <laughs> I love how they're, yeah, they're looking at her like, Sky, she's just so, she has such depth, you know, she's such oh an God. old soul. I know! Oh, I wrote down that. She's got really nice tits, too. Yeah. Isn't Sky amazing? She has nice tits. She's a constant surprise. She's only 27 books. The wisdom. She's an old soul. She's got that Shostakovich thing, did you notice? Oh, absolutely. And she has nice tits. She does have nice tits. Can't wait to work with her. She's an old soul. (laughs) An old soul. Just because she can reference, like, books. Yeah. (laughs) When she's talking to the Peter Sellers guy, and he's like, how did you know about that? Thing. She was like, what is she like? I played a Jewish girl. Mayskowski. Mayskowski, yes. You know, I'll tell you who doesn't know about that. Cute girls. They don't know. Trust me. No, it's because I did this movie I just finished called Bobby Yar. Yeah. And I play Gittle, this Jewish milkmaid who gets shot in the head. And um, they set the whole thing to Shostakovich's 13th Symphony. Right, with the poem by Yevashenko. Exactly. Their interactions are so telling. It's so funny to me. Like, he's so taken with her because she can reference a couple of books. Oh, I know. Right. And, like... Clearly he... she's studied, you know? She's, like, a studied person, yeah. but she doesn't mean she's smart or deep. Right. <laughs> and, like, the fact that Paynes is Sally's best friend, so, like, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be loyal to Sally, mm-hmm. but he's, like, really hot for Sky Davidson. I don't know. Like, I don't blame him for hooking up with her it's just funny right. that his reaction to her is like he's so in awe of her oh yeah yeah it's <laughs> just like this is a hot lady i could get with i don't know <laughs> yeah. i liked sally and Pains's heart to heart on her bed like and they're just like so so how you doing uh you know no regrets no second thoughts am i a monster you're my best friend. <laughs> Is that an answer? Yes, you're a monster. <laughs> thank you, Pains. You don't have to thank me. That is I it. That I like scene. that scene. That's very sweet. Yeah, I do feel like it's not a betrayal exactly, but it is just a little bit of like. <laughs> like, come on, Pains. <laughs> Still gotta get his dick wet. <laughs> I love uh, how he's like inviting himself over, and he's like, "Yes, pains, that would be amazing." You know, like he's like doing the. Her, 
her voice and his voice. <laughs> I also really like when she's like, has anyone ever told you you look like Peter Sellers? <laughs> and he's like, no, never. Guys, did anyone ever tell you look like Peter Sellers? No, no never. <laughs> that is funny. Do you know anything about the relationship between Alan Cumming and Jennifer Jason Leigh and like their impetus for writing this story or anything? I don't remember. I'm sure they said so when I listened a long time ago, but... I think a lot of them were friends with each other and it was like, let's all, let's make a movie together. Like, it would be fun, you know? Okay. I mean, I don't think Mm -hmm. they had a relationship at all. I didn't mean like romance. Yeah, I just mean like why they decided to do this together. (laughs) I don't know how that happened. I don't know. Maybe they did a play together or something. Oh, that sounds right. (laughs) I don't know. Homecoming is big in the theater scene. Yeah. He was in a cabaret revival. Maybe she was in that or something. Oh, cool. <laughs> That'd be good, yeah. I love Alan Cumming. I think he's so yeah. charming. Yeah. Isn't he, like, really good friends with Monica Lewinsky? Is he? Aww. <laughs> yeah. That's very That's sweet. Fun. I love that. His accent's a little shaky sometimes in this movie. <laughs> Is it not his regular He's Scottish. Accent? Is he... Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's a different accent than he was doing in the movie. Got it, got it. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I noticed these things. <laughs> really got an ear for accents. He's great. Everybody really knocks it out of the park, I think. Yeah, I also love when uh, Kevin Klein and his daughter do the little dance. Yeah. And his curtain call. That reminded me, those two reminded me of my friend Andy and his daughter Dexie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah, see I that with his little play that. they put on together. <laughs> Yeah, that was um, so cute. Very cute. I love, I love those kids just, like, running feral through the party. <laughs> right. That reminds me of some other friends of ours who were, like, our, first, our friends who had kids first. And we were all still partying hard, and we had some friends who, uh, they just had one kid. And he was, like, running around, and they taught him how to pick out beers from the cooler. <laughs> he, like, knew how to tell the difference between a Heineken and a Stella before he could read. <laughs> that kind of thing. So I was just really enjoying that dynamic and then also i really liked how even when everything is so fucked up you still have to sign your tax return oh, <laughs> yeah they're yeah. like we really aren't in the mood for this but then he's like you have to do it yeah death death and taxes <laughs> both I, of those things happen in this movie right. yeah. <laughs> i really like the conversation between sally and gina who's jennifer beals like when she's like he's gonna miss his flight and she's just like yeah he's not going i booked him a flight He's, uh, not going tonight. I told his father that he would be on that flight. Well, you'll have to tell him otherwise. It was good of you to go through all the trouble, but he doesn't want to go tonight. Sorry, I'm not the enemy. And you're not the wife. It's not a contest. Yeah, you're damn straight. Oh, I know, God, she oversteps her bounds. So hardcore. And I love that she, I really love that Sally kind of puts her in her place. You know, it was absolutely not her place to do that. It's not even Sally's place. Like, you know, just book book someone and fly. You know, I told his dad, well, you'll have to tell him otherwise. (laughs) I really like that when she says, I'm not the enemy. And she's like, and you're not the wife. Yes. (laughs) Really, really, that's like an A plus scene to me. I really like that. Mm. <laughs> right, it's so icy. Yeah. It's really nice too because she's getting beaten down so much this whole movie. And it's like yeah. she finally gets a win, even though it's like kind of a dirty win. Yeah. It's still a little bit of a W, right? <laughs> she finally gets to be on top for once, right. sort of. I don't know. It's like I really feel for her so much the whole time. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's really nice. I feel like you get the sense 
especially when everyone's talking, you know, their speeches about like, especially how devastated Joe was when they weren't together, you know, like they really are like, they're terrible for each other, but they also, they're really crazy about each other too, you know? Yeah. It's really yeah. painful to watch. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that must happen. That must be some something. People yeah, can... like they're very, they're very passionate. Right. Like Would they be stable. bad for anybody yeah. or are they just especially bad for each other? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. It does seem like so obvious that he's going to fuck Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I think you're my first goddess. <laughs> that is for sure going to happen. So that's how I feel like this is just a time loop for them. This yeah. is just going to keep happening. Right. Like when she catches him making out with the neighbor. I mean, like she's already... <laughs> If she's preoccupied because the dog is out anyway, but like you can tell she's like, oh god, you know? yeah, right. <laughs> like, barely phases her. She's like, yeah. Right, like how many times has she walked on and him kissing somebody? It's right. probably so many times, right. and that it's the neighbor is probably even extra funny because like obviously he hates her. Right, <laughs> like it's it's just could be anybody. Yeah, like literally anybody. I do feel bad for that woman though a little bit, just a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> like, only feel she's like in the worst bit. marriage. Yeah. But also, like, read the room and leave. I hated both of them, but, like, when the ecstasy comes out and her husband is like, like, we should leave. And he says, you're making an ass of yourself. Like, which is not a nice thing to say, but mm-hmm. it's also kind of true. Like, you are not part of this circle of friends. Yeah. yeah. It's true, but it's, like, true for both of them. Like, you guys right. are both making asses of yourselves. Right. Why, don't put it on her. both leave. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do partly get why she wouldn't want to go home with him, because he's the worst. Just looking at him, I just kept thinking beige. He just looked yeah. beige to me. I'm like, everything about you is so beige. <laughs> like, you definitely shouldn't take E, but... Well, maybe he should. I don't know. <laughs> is there ever been a movie where people take ecstasy and just have a good time? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't know. And everything's I was, cool. <laughs> I was thinking of that movie, Go, but... Movie, there's a lot of bad things that yeah, happen in that movie. there's a lot of bad stuff in that. <laughs> and she's actually even not even selling E to people. <laughs> she's selling aspirin or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Moby Dick, if you know what I mean. One of my favorite lines was, uh, well, when she's meeting Sally, Sky Davidson is meeting Sally, and she's like, when I was in rehab for the second time. I've seen all your movies, and, 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 you know, when I was in rehab for the second time, they wouldn't even let us watch your drug addict movie because they said you were too real. Uh, I really loved none of this natural childbirth thing. It's not natural. (laughs) But get the epidural, don't. None of this natural childbirth stuff is not natural. (laughs) I really loved that. (laughs) And feel that there's just been such a stigma against epidurals. And (laughs) I guess it's kind of turning back around, but it was a huge thing for a while. And I feel like it started right around this time. I really loved the whole ecstasy scene, but I thought it was especially funny when Joe said, I have to jump up and down a bit now. (laughs) 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 Just stop everything. Like, I have to do what I have to do. I love, like, when he says, you're never too old for a lolly. (laughs) That's, like, my favorite line. Do you like a lolly? What am I, five? (laughs) You're never too old for a lolly. I'm having one. (laughs) <laughs> I like when Phoebe Cates is talking to Sally about which one you don't have kids to save a marriage but then like, she's like you're so lucky you don't have kids like because you can't kill yourself yes like, she has kids kids rob you of that option you are so lucky that you don't have kids oh, you can't you can't 
Stick your hand in an oven. You can't take a handful of bergen out if you want. You can't <laughs> slit your wrists, you know? You can't do yourself in. Let's just rob you of that option. I do love that line. Yeah. I wrote that down too. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's funny that she says it right after she had referenced Sylvia Plath, like who did have kids and stuff. But, oh yeah, and then she said, "You can't stick your head in the oven." Right. It's just, I mean, you really. I know what she I means. Mean, though. Oh, yes. totally. Obviously, you I'm can, sure but right. Right. they do rob you of that option. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love the scene when she and Claire, she and Jane Addams are talking on the couch and like they're just so different. Like Phoebe Cates is a super chill, relaxed mom <laughs> who has combed her hair. You know? Yeah. And she's like so high strong. And then when she's like, are you okay, Claire? <laughs> it's like so obviously not okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's also like the difference between a new mom and a mom who has two older kids. Right, like that's totally. just a whole vibe right there. <laughs> And when she asks you have pictures, it's just like, oh, I that picture. <laughs> I know. You can tell that people ask her that all the time. Like, that's definitely, I felt that was what I got out of that line reading. Yeah. This is not the first time someone's asked her if she had pictures and she keeps meaning to, like, have some to show people and right. she still hasn't done it. I took it more, uh, I took it like that, but also, like, this is another way that I have failed. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. This is the days where your pictures were on your phone. Right, like, you had to pull out your wallet. Or your digital camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. It's like one of the first things I, I saw Marilyn Ratzka. Raska. Raska. That's a tough yeah. one, yeah. Well, I love her Sally and Joe song. Yeah. Like, yes, with Karen Kilgariff. I know. That's Karen Kilgariff. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Funny. Whoa. Sally and Joe going six years strong. Oh, yeah. What's the secret to your success? Ladies of Mr. Show doing a thing. And then it's like, love is real. (laughs) That's really great. Yeah. And I love, too, how they, like, when the E comes out, they're like, "Mm, we're going to leave now. Yeah, Yeah, that's a really great, that's kind of the vibe of Lily Taylor (laughs) say anything. Yeah, I love that. All the songs about Joe. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, well, I wrote, I'm a huge Sky Davidson fan. She's very beautiful. (laughs) That's like all you can think to say about her. That's not like when Sky speaks Spanish to America. (laughs) 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 The Yeah, the Castilian. Yeah. Uh, She just said, I don't need me. Yes, she probably she spent some time in Barcelona. Right. <laughs> or maybe Ibiza. <laughs> I love the scene when they're doing ecstasy and they're by the pool, like uh, John C. Riley and Kevin Klein, and he's like talking about the scene, about how it just like happened organically or whatever, and, and John C. Riley's like, 
nothing is an accident with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hilarious. I did love that. And it's obviously so true. I love that. That's a really <laughs> fucking great exchange. Yeah. It's nothing sacred. You it's bring dailies to a party. It's a party. How was I in the fucking things? <coughs> you were so fucking funny in the kitchen scene. Take three? <coughs> Where the, uh, the little silverware accident happened? You gotta use take three. Nothing you do is an accident. There's just a lot of really good, like, I don't know, industry bits. I yeah. love it. I love it. And they're such good friends. Like, they can't really bullshit with each other. I know Johnson really brought the dailies to the party. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he can't fucking stop working. And then he just hides away and is, like, watching them. Oh, my God. I think it's Kevin Klein who pronounces pronounces it the movie. That seems like a Kevin Klein thing, but I just wrote the movie and I don't remember who said it. But I love that, too, because it's something Amy and I talk about a lot is, like, how there's not enough of people saying things weird in a movie, <laughs> even though in real life people pronounce things weird all the time for comic effect. <laughs> and John C. Riley, he's like, well, so much for ecstasy. <laughs> or somebody says Oh, right, that. yeah. And it's just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Things got real. <laughs> a little bit of a misnomer sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not a passage, but the thing I really loved was that they have a sign in their kitchen that says, God bless America, which is really funny because their housekeeper's name is America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I like to think that that's like literally the only way in which they yeah. meant that. Right. I like that. <laughs> what else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. Fun fact is that the voice of the sister is Sadie Frost. Oh. oh, I just know her as Jude Law's wife or something. Like, I know her as Lucy from Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, oh, wow. <laughs> but also Jude Law's wife. But yeah, I'm definitely team Sadie Frost. Yeah. Oh, really? The guy who fucked the nanny? Right. Like, who can't stop fucking the nanny? Every nanny ever. Why would you marry Jude Law and then agree to a nanny? Right. Get a manny. I'm sure he would find a way to make an exception. Right. <laughs> like, he just, I, I have to fuck the nanny, so. Yeah, Sadie Frost is great. I love her voice a lot. I've seen Bram Stoker's Dracula a bazillion times, so I could recognize her voice oh, so easily. Oh, wow. <laughs> Quincy P. Morris. He's so young and fresh. Like a wild stallion between my legs. <laughs> You're positively indecent. And then I have the patronizing bunny rabbits. All we want is to be treated like human beings, not to be experimented on like guinea pigs or patronized like bunny rabbits. Unfortunately, it's for Alan Cumming. He really slaps Jennifer Jason Lee in that scene, oh, and he did it a bunch of times. Yay. Holy shit. And her face was bruised afterwards. Aww. Wow. That doesn't Learn seem to necessary. stage slap Alan Cumming. Come on. You're a theater actor. You definitely should learn to stage slap. And I just, I, that just is a, such a trigger for me. Like, why do you have to slap a woman in a movie? Right. You fucking yeah. don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could even think of a way in the, like, <sighs> there's other ways to, to express those emotions. If you think you can't do a convincing stage slap, think of another way to express those emotions than actually slapping the person. There's just no reason to slap someone. Yeah. For art. You know? It's not art. Yeah. It's abuse. It's just always abuse. Anyway, I'm just very... I find that very upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wonder That's... what she had to say about it. I mean, she's a co-director, you know? Like... I mean, she might have told him to, but still, like, it's... Yeah. I don't like it. I, know, I don't <laughs> like that either. Then like, that's something... I feel like that's something she internalized, if that's the case. Right. And that they're friends, like, that would be weird if your friend 
slapped you hard, you know, like, what? yeah, that's, uh... Clearly over and over again, and mm-hmm. it said her face was so bruised that she had to hold an ice pack against her face for the rest of the day. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And especially she's in the movie, so maybe don't... Right? <laughs> don't mar your actress's right. face. No bueno. I don't patronize bunny rabbits. Are you ready for the lunchtime poll of this, Great. the anniversary party? Yeah. So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. This is a fun one. The big theme in this is, and I guess we could talk about, like, leading up to this lunchtime poll, uh, the whole thing about the prescientness of this movie. Oh, right, yeah. How? So the thing is that Joe wrote a book that has a character that seems a lot like Sally, but he swears it's not Sally. It's like a, every woman he's ever every loved. woman he's ever loved, but my it's mother. obviously Sally. Right. <laughs> and she doesn't get to play herself in the movie because she's too old. And then Jennifer Jason Leigh marries Noah Baumbach after this. I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know when they got married. Yeah. yeah, I don't think she was married to him when they made this movie. Yeah, and then she gets replaced by Greta Gerwig. <laughs> yeah. Is he directed her in Greenberg, right? Yeah. So that's just oh, kind of, yikes. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't not think about that. Like to imitate art. No. So all that to say, what TV or movie character could you sue for likeness rights? Or could you get upset <laughs> about for likeness rights? Who do you feel is you, basically? <laughs> oh, I thought it was like, which character in this movie? Oh, oh no, it's any, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> does that change your answer? Uh, I'm assuming it does. Yeah. <laughs> Let me think. Hey, yikes. Yeah, what's with this terrible weather this time? <laughs> oh my god, oh shit! What is that? Lord. What happened? Is that our door? Oh, maybe. It's probably our, our metal. Oh, yeah. I think it's- oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably just not closed. Yeah, it's that's definitely that's flapping that's in the breeze. That's some jumping. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that yikes. was like, whoa, what is that? That was scary. It did sound like thunder, but it I sounded mean, like it was like right outside. I think Ooh. that my. I mean. Mine has got to be Muriel. I know. I just really felt like I understood that character a lot, like feeling like you're not measuring up. She had to move away to like really like find herself. I've had a lot of like relationships in my life that like friends and family and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, maybe these people aren't really good I don't know, like, I just, like, I just love the friendship part and, like, moving away, like, like, just, like, getting to start over, and, like, I love that, so that would be mine, is Muriel. It's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) That was also mine a little bit, like, just that, that, I don't really feel it that much anymore, but, like, when that movie came, that's the most I've ever related to a character at that time in my life, for sure. That's... (laughs) (laughs) I don't really have one that I relate to now or that I feel like now, though. Um, I was thinking about this a lot. And there's one movie that... There's not any specific character, but it's just the dynamic. Um, but there's a movie that when it came out, everybody in my family saw it. And we all said, this movie is totally us. Except my dad was like... Did not see... My dad was the only one who didn't think it was about uh. us. And then when someone said that, it was like kind of offended, and that movie is The Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, I was going to say, is it The Royal Tenenbaums? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see why he would be upset about that. <laughs> right. And then also, you're not in love with your adopted brother. <laughs> no, no. But, like, yeah, there, there's not any one 
sibling that I especially relate to um, in that movie. It's just sort of the the overall, like the story and the family dynamics is um, very relatable. But I couldn't mm-hmm. think of one like a character that I feel like now, you know. What a get for Pat. <laughs> Angelica Houston is so amazing in that role. Oh my God, I love her so much. Ethelene. <laughs> I just I feel like Meryl's so sad. That's why I was said, aw. She's just so sad in the movie. But she's happy at the end, so that's yeah. good. Yeah. To me, it's a movie about someone, like, coming into their own. Right, know, like, yeah. Discovering themselves or, you know. Or, like, um, embracing themselves. Embracing really, themselves, you know? yeah. I really loved 40-year-old version, too. Like, mm. just, like, how she got to this point in her life where she... I don't know, like, these ideas of success or the middle age thing, like, the turning 40. Yeah. Like, I really mm-hmm. love that movie for that. I mean, I I don't think I'm necessarily that character, you know, but I... <laughs> no, I definitely know what you mean. Like, like, just the aging artist, the aging creative right. type. yeah. And how when you reach a certain age, if you're not already famous, like, people think you're ridiculous for still trying because you're too old. And I guess that really def- definitely ties into the anniversary party too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sally's an artist, but she might as well be a mom now because she's too old, according to everybody, to keep doing this. Yeah. I mean, I don't, we never see her perform, so we don't know what's really going on on set, but I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of subliminal ageism that's playing into John C. Riley's frustration with her and... Just everything that's going on there. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think about growing up, because you guys are, both did growing up and now. Um, I mean, growing up, I feel like just my kindred character actress was Winona Ryder. <laughs> right. Like, just everything Winona Ryder was in, I related to. I definitely related to Olivia, you know, being strange and unusual, and, like, kind of making yeah. my own fun at home, and my parents not understanding me <laughs> and then a little bit in reality bites and oh, yeah. not so much in Dracula, but I just love that movie so much. <laughs> Maybe just making bad romantic choices from Dracula. <laughs> That's definitely something I did a lot at that age. Um, but now it's just blows my mind every time <laughs> there's a new episode of Bob's Burgers. I really feel like there's a camera in my, or bu- I'm, my house is bugged and they're just like ripping things from my life to make <laughs> Linda Belcher. I can totally see that. Yeah. I am Linda Belcher and she is me and there's just no <laughs> separation between <laughs> us. It's uncanny. Yeah. They were really going for this week. Yeah, like, the last episode she had diarrhea in this last episode and I, I'm an IBS sufferer and I just was like, I couldn't even laugh at half the episode because I was feeling for her so hard. <laughs> Anyways, there's other things too. It's not just that. <laughs> like when I first noticed it was there was an episode where she gets a rash in her armpits and she can't shave her armpits and then everyone's like, oh my God, I didn't realize how hairy your armpits were. <laughs> I've gotten laser treatments on my armpits, but... Before I got those, like, I had just two full bushes under each oh arm. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> and just the way she sings everything. Right. And is just obsessed with theater and singing. And the way she, like, loves her kids, I feel like, is kind of the way I love my kids. I don't know. <laughs> just our relationships. Uh, yeah. Linda. Linda all the way. <laughs> I did think of a nut that my... Life goal for later in life is, of course, Blanche Devereaux. Who I feel like oh, yeah. Her. Oh, yeah. She's great. She's, yeah, she's oh. Just live in a house with your friends and 
and slut Fuck it up. A lot, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds great. Downside. Yeah, golden years. Eat dessert in the kitchen, 2 a.m. There's always cheesecake in the kitchen. <laughs> Not cheesecake, though. Just swap though. it out for, like, a better dessert. A pie. <laughs> some kind of fruit pie. <laughs> I know. That's the one thing. I'm like, cheesecake, ew. <laughs> Yeah, cheesecake to me, it's one of those, like, donuts are like this too, where it's like, if nutritionally they were like a salad, I would eat it all the time, but it's like, we're like a splurge, like, no. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> not how we're going out. Right. <laughs> how very. Greetings and salutations. So I had a really hard time with this one because we've already done, like, everything. I, like, looked up where Jennifer Jason Lee is from and where Phoebe Cates is from. It's just, we've already done California. Too much California. We've already done the UK. All right. We've already done, yeah, that's it. California, like, those are the only places that are kind of related to these movies. So I looked at a list. I thought, we have the unknown regions. (laughs) There's, like, a significant portion of our listenership where they just don't know where they came from. Oh. It just says unknown regions, and I don't yeah. know like if there's just people on the dark web who are listening to us or what the fuck is going on, but huh. we got a lot of unknown regions listeners, and that's how they phrase it, in unknown regions. Interesting. So, mode or hello to the unknown oh, regions, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know who these people are, but thank you for listening, unknown <laughs> regions <right>. people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who lives in an unknown region. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's like a couple hundred people wow. that are clandestinely listening to our podcast. Oh. Or a couple hundred downloads, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's each downloads right. a person or whatever. But yeah. Maybe it's an astronaut listening from space. Oh, it's probably that. <laughs> I'm sure that's it. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's like from the space station, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just the aliens that were in West Seattle the other day. What? <laughs> they, oh, I didn't they hear this. They immediately debunked it, but there were like there was some glowing lights over West Seattle. Oh. And then they found out it was like some dude <laughs> fucking around. Oh. Sounds right. <laughs> but, yeah, right. <laughs> but that's it for series five. Bye. We'll be back soon, I'm sure. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid and Puke, please take a minute. To rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid and Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid and Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid and Puke Seattle, or join us on Facebook at Paid and Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.